So, last week we were discussing the Rambam Mitzvah number 5, discussing the obligation to pray every day. Quick review. Rambam says there's an obligation. Mitzvah's Ase, Mito, Raisin, David. Once a day, every single day. What are you davening? Some Shavach, some praise to God. Bakasha, a request, followed up by more Shavach, Vehodah, more uh, thanks and, and praise of God. The Ramban disagreed. The Ramban said there's an obligation to daven only seemingly, perhaps, the eighth sorrow in the time of crisis. At which point we saw Rabbi Salavechik said that perhaps really what they're arguing about is not the obligation to pray every day, but how to define crisis. For, for the Ramban, it's when the enemy is knocking on the door, where the Ramban says that man is always in a state of crisis, existentially. What are we? Puny little man, lonely, living in a world, and it's we return to God because we're always in this existential crisis. Fine, that was beautiful, that was last week. However, where, what is the Rambam's source for tefillah? What is the Rambam's source for tefillah? So mitzvah number five, mitzvah says the Rambam, to serve God. And as we pointed out already last week, second here. We pointed out last week that that avoda, the term avoda, is, is ambiguous. It can, to serve can mean anything. In the Wednesday night show, we're talking about one has to serve their parents. Avoda, we just did a quick recap of last week, and then now we're jumping back in. Avoda is an ambiguous term. So how do we know avoda means tefillah, which is the subject of mitzvah number five? So says the Rambam, if you look in the Sifri, the Sifri says as follows. Serving is tefillah, which point the Sifri asked the question, we're not going to see it inside again, maybe Avoda is in the base of Migdash. Maybe Avoda is shaking the lulav, do anything to serve God. How do we know Avoda is tefillah? So it says you should serve God with all of your heart. How do you serve God with your heart? Rather it must be what is Avoda Shabalev Zut This is the Sifri. Avoda Zut However, the Rambam pointed out kind of like a throwaway line before he moved on, and this is what I want to focus on. Sifri also notes that Avoda is Talmud, Talmud Torah, learning and engaging in the Torah. And then the Rambam moves on to say, okay, let's continue talking about Tzvila. So what I want to ask is, what's going on here? Is Avoda Tzvila? Is Avoda Talmud Torah? What's the connection between Talmud Torah and Tzvila, which were clearly the Sifri? Sought and sought to point out there is a connection. There is something that connects avoda of tefillah, of davening, of prayer every day, and Talmud Torah, also an obligation every single day. That is the question. Sir Rabbi Salvechik points out as follows. That clearly from the fact that we're both learning avod, the, the tefillah, prayer every single day, and Talmud Torah from the same mitzvah, what it's saying is as follows. What's the source? the service of the heart. He says these two mitzvahs are unique. While we believe every single mitzvah has a lesson, a motif, a theme that underlines it, that is there and hopefully to inculcate some value. We go through sukkahs and we talk about the values we learn from sukkahs. That's what the drush is about. That's what the shiurim are about. And we try to walk away from sukkahs with a better understanding of whatever the theme is. That the rabbi decides it should be that year. No, whatever the theme is. So if it's about celebrating life in, in turbulent times, if it's about Amuna, every single mitzvah has some sort of 
underlying theme, which we want to hopefully inculcate into, into our personality to help build an, inter an interior religious persona. That's what the mitzvahs are there for. However, Rabbi Salavitchik says what's unique about tefillah, what's unique about Talmud Torah, is it's not just there's a lesson that is there that hopefully we can glean out while there's an action we perform. We shake the lulu, that's the ikr, that's the action. Hopefully that teaches us some sort of lesson. <laughs> Excuse me. He goes, Talmud Torah and Tefillah are unique because there's the two mitzvahs in the Torah where there is an action, but actually the interior part of it, the, 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 the avodah shebelev, the actual kiyam, he says, the way in which you ultimately fulfill it is not through the uttering of the words, not through sitting there and reading, but actually what happens in the heart. It's, inter it's interior. Not just this is, oh, a lesson I should learn and hopefully make part of my religious persona, but rather, no, no, no. The ikr, the, the fundamental and most important part of these two mitzvahs, Svila and Talmud Torah, is not the utterance. It's not the external manifestation of the mitzvah, but rather it's what happens inter internally. It's this transformation that's supposed to take place within one's heart. So the question obviously is, what's going on here? What is this connection between Svila, between Talmud Torah? Tefillah I understand a little bit, right? Why that could be in, internal. I'm, I'm reaching out to God. So if, if you say a lot of words, you don't actually mean them. How exactly are you asking God for things or praising God? Then it's empty. It's shallow. But what, how, how does Talmud Torah, learning Torah, engaging with Torah, also fit with this idea of a votish of And why is it both learned out of the same passage? What's the connection between Talmud Torah, between Tefillah? Why, again, are both of them coming from the same place? So what, what I want to do is look at a few sources where we'll see that there's a very strong connection between Talmud Torah and Tefillah that is actually almost that they're interwoven with each other and hopefully as we see these sources we'll begin to develop some sort of idea about why it's these two mitzvahs that are unique that the actual Iker Kiyah, the way in which one ultimately fulfills this mitzvah is not through just saying the words Ashri Yosef or opening up Gemara and saying the Amos Ikarnish Mabishakris, reading the Gemara, but actually it's about the internal transformation that takes place from within. Any questions, comments, or thoughts? Okay. What better place to start than the very first sugya, first discussion in all of Shas Babli? The very first discussion is what? How does it, who knows how Shai's Brachas begins? Mamasai Karanesh Shema of Arvin. They say that, that Ravzusha, the great, the great Hasidic uh, master, when he gets Mamasai, he read it, Mamas Ka, from the fear of God. And he gets so excited. Mamas Ka, Mamas Ka, he go running into the forest, scream, Mamas Hashem, Mamas Hashem, Mamas Hashem. Okay, that's our proceedings for the day. So, Mamasai Karanesh Shema of Arvin. From when does one read Krishma in the evening? There's an obligation, as we know, to read Krishma both in the morning and at night. Well, when is a time where one can read at night? And the Gemara proceeds to say from when the Kohanim start to eat the Truma until a certain time, until Chatzos, basically from evening and onwards. Right? This is what we know. Comes along Rashi, and Rashi points something out. This is, I, I brought the actual page of the Gemara uh, on the page so we can see it inside because it's the very first Sugya Jot. I'm, I don't know if there are any more of them. Sorry. Says Rashi as follows. This is found in Rashi at Sobash Morishona. Rashi said, I have a problem. This that you're telling me, Krishna can only be recited once we hit evening. Well, if I, when I look around and wherever he wrote this, Paris in France and Germany, I don't know where he was when he wrote this. I look around and I notice something that 
on Sheikh Hesed does as well during the summer. We dive in Mincha, and then when it's still light outside, we then proceed to dive in Maris. Something we do. Says Rashi, I don't understand. In came Lama Karnas of Knesses. Why are we saying Krishna and Shul? When clearly Rashi talking about what they did back then was similar to us, they would say, do Mincha and do Davin Marav when it was still light outside. Why? That's a different discussion why you can do that. But they were Davin Marav before it was evening. So here we're Davin Marav before it's the beginning for the Kohanim to eat the Truma, i.e. before evening. And they're reciting Krishma. Well, how can we do that, says Rashi? It's too early to recite Krishma. So Rashi says as follows. The Kriyishma we say in Shoal is not about the mitzvah, the Orisa, of when we lay down at night we should recite Kriyishma, meaning to say that each and every evening we have an obligation to meet the Orisa to recite Kriyishma. Rather, the reason we say Kriyishma in Shoal is so that when we get up to Davin, as in Tzvilosh, when Esrei, we're doing so accompanied by Talmud Torah. There's some sort of idea that Talmud Torah has to precede Davening. Which point Rashi says to them, when exactly do we fulfill our obligation to Krishna? And Rashi says, that's where Krishna Alamita comes in. The Krishna we say before we actually go to bed. This is what, this is the very first, one of the very first sugis in Shas. Tosvus gets up there and says, one minute, Rashi, with all due respect, Zadie, I got a problem with this. He says as follows, you want to tell me the only Krishna, the, the Krishna in which we fulfill our, our mitzvah do raisa, the Krishna which allows us to discharge the obligation, to recite every evening is the one that is the one paragraph you say in Krishna Alamita right before you go to bed. He goes, I have a bunch of problems. He says, number one is how many parshas we say in Krishna Alamita? A Krishna Alamita. One. How many parshas to Krishna are there? Three. Number two, he says, Krishna requires a brachos before it and brachos afterwards, which is an interesting idea because you might have thought the brachos are nice, brachos are rabbinic. Krishna, Daraisa. This is when you have to say the brachas beforehand as part, as, as if that's going to make it or break it in terms of fulfilling the mitzvah. Interesting idea. It happens to be the Kassav Mishnah points out the Rambam says something very similar. The Rambam says if someone doesn't remember, if they recited Krishna, you have to go back and recite Krishna. Why? So Daraisa Lechumra. That whenever there's a biblical doubt, we go back and say it. When it comes to regular brachos, if I don't remember, if I made a, if I made a mizonas on my donut, do I go back and recite it? No, because Suffolk are Abun Lahakel, but also Suffolk Brachas Lahakel, which we mentioned last week. Suffolk Brachas Lahakel. The Rambam says if you don't remember, you say, recite Krishna. He goes, yes, you've got to go back and recite Krishna with the Brachas. The Keshav Mishnah points out that it seems like the Rambam also has this idea of Tosvos. There's something about the Brachas of Krishna that when Hazal enacted, if you say them, you say them along with Krishna, but they're part and parcel of the obligation. Okay, fine. Tosvos says that as well. And then Tosvos says, and why are we saying Krishna Lamita? It's not at all about. It's not at all about the uh, obligation of, of to arise to the biblical obligation to recite Krishna, but rather it's just to, save off, to, to stave off the mazikin, the, the, the evil demons, and that's what we want to say before we go to bed. So that's Tosus points out. But well, give me one second here, but the point that we're getting driving at is, obviously, I think it's very cool that we're seeing here in Machlok, is Rashi Tosus about what is the actual obligation of Krishna. Rashi says one Pasha, Tosus seemingly thinks it's Three, maybe three with the brachos. Okay, different machlokas, but Rashi brings up, and also at the end of Tosfos as well, Rabbeinu Tam thinks the reason we say Kriyishma and Shol is simply so that we can begin our davening mitoch Talmud Torah. Begin tefillah mitoch Talmud Torah. And then if you look at the last line here, I, at the end of Tosfos, the long Tosfos, and I'll get to your question one minute, Eitan. And Rabbeinu Tam goes, you know where else we have an analog case? Uh, similar case to beginning our tefillah 
Mitoch Divrei Torah, it's beginning prayer with words of Torah. It says every single day, what do we say? The reason we say Ashrei before, why do we say Ashrei? To make Nasim Torah, Sabahilim, before we recite the Tefillah. So this is clearly, what we're seeing here, is some sort of idea of, the, again, another connection between Talmud Torah and Tefillah. Yeah? What is the problem if you do all three, all three parts by Krishna Alamita? You could, but the point is that it's not, that wasn't part of the, it's not part of the... If you do the Shema earlier, which is now counted as Talmud Torah, rather than the actual mitzvah, so what would be the problem of adding in the remaining two in when you do Krishna no. Rashi's like, why are we saying it in the first place? Rashi's premise is we shouldn't say it. Rashi's answer is, oh, we're only saying it because we want to begin our tefillah with Talmud Torah. Seemingly, seemingly, and then Rashi says, so then how, well, how do you discharge your obligation? Oh, later on at night, you say Krishna, either way, that's when you fulfill it. Rashi seemingly, clearly saying you, the only obligation of Krishna is the first parsha. That's all. How would, how would Rashi explain that not saying Shema Mincha? Ashri, he's Ashri Mincha. It's nice. It's other other Torah, other Torah. It's Ashrei. And we'll see in a minute. Watch this. We'll see why Uga Chakras. What do you say? Why is there Shema Amaros? Because there's only obligation uh, later. No, no. We say Shema Amaros. Rashi says it's because you want to say Krishna. Why not say Ashrei? I'm saying Rabbi Chanan ben Akasha over there. It'd be so much quicker. You say a little bit, so I'll say, let's actually, let's, let's, I'll say, Asher makes a little more sense. But again, that, that, that's the way Chazal would be packing it. Chazal decide that. That's what they, that's, that. It's somewhat of a coincidence that it's, let's say, two times a day, and you have it in Davin in the morning and night, that one would think that that's the obligation. So that's what Tosfus is probably uh, driving at. And Tosfus, if I didn't go to Tosfus' answer, Tosfus is going to say that you are fulfilling your obligation, Mida Raisa, with Krishna then. How can you do it? So light to that becomes a much bigger, a totally different mafloka in debate about how to define night, which is, we, we could talk about in other contexts, but we talked about Sukkot last, uh, it was uh, Rosh Hashanah last year, and, and Rosh Hashanah, yeah. But, but it makes sense, we're going to say Shema twice a day, morning and night, it's like, it's, it's, this makes some sense, you're, you're not going to say it all day long, every time you pick up your sitter, you're not going to say Shema. We're not davening all day long. I'm, I'm, even, but somebody raised the question about why not say it mid also, but, Mintha is kind of a nebulous time, but morning and night are very distinctive. Well, that's what the Fosik says. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's what the Fosik says. Is it Fosik? Is it not Yeah. What is it? What is it? It's not, it's not a Doraisa. Well, the, I don't know if it's not the Raisa. It might just be that it's the Raisa, but you have to, uh, again, that, they're taking us far afield. But no, it's even when we say it's Rishos, we just mean that when it comes in conflict with another, another mitzvah, it goes, it goes first. I mean, if you have two mitzvahs that, that, that uh, come to you at the same time, so Marv is a, a lower stature, so it goes way wide. It is. That was a drush of Parshish Vayetze last year. Don't take notes. Okay. Says the, um, says the Gemara. Where's Rashi coming from? The Gemara tells us as follows. Tanur Abadon. This is found in Barakas Daf. Lamid Aleph. Amid Aleph. Ain't home from the Let me talk did. Let me talk did. Varalacha. A person should not get up to Davin. Not while they're in midst of, of a din. In midst of adjudicating a case. Nor while they are learning halacha, elementary halacha psukah, rather when they are learning simple, basic halacha. Halacha is the first one, probably means more of an ian shir, meaning to say when you get up to daven, you shouldn't have other things in your mind. If you are in the middle of a major legal case and you go, okay, time to daven, what are you going to be thinking about the entire davening? Your case. If you're in the middle of learning, you get up to daven, you're going to be thinking about your learning the whole time. You learn halacha psukah, 
One more Gemara, Tana Banim, Eino Onus Ba'al Lomitoch Atzvus, Lomitoch Atzvus, Lomitoch Schok, Lomitoch Sicha, Lomitoch Kalos Rosh. When a person gets up to Davin, they shouldn't do so when they're in a state of laziness, in a state of jest, in a state of joking. Rather, El Lomitoch Simcha Shel Mitzvah. When you get up to Davin, you should, you should Davin Mitoch within the, the context of a Simcha Shel Mitzvah, a certain joy, but not just any joy, a joy that comes from a Mitzvah. What are we talking about here? Says Rashi, El Lomitoch Simcha Go and Divrei Tanhumim Shel Torah, learning. Learning Torah, it brings a joy, but not any Torah. He says, you go and sum up with Ulas Mitzrayim, or sum up with Hilul Davish, you shall shevach and tachnunim. Learn the parts of Torah that are praised for God, like Asherah, like the Sukkot de Zimra. In fact, Tosva says as well, I'll give you an example of Torah. Talmud Torah, one should say before they engage in davening, says, Sukkot de Zimra v'Asherah, Kodim Tfilah. Say Sukkot de Zimra, say Asherah, what are these? These are Parakim and Tehillim, which are full of praise. Praising God, thanking God, that brings a certain simcha. Not all Torah brings the same joy, but a Torah where you're thanking God and recognizing the miracles that God does for us each and every day. What joy is? There's so much joy there. Say that, that prepares you to then enter into tefillah. Which is, ah, very interesting. I was not going to get to this, but you asked this. Why not do hollow? So the Gemara tells us that someone who davens hollow every day, it's not actually praising God, but it's cursing God. What? It's cursing God. You, oh, it's the overpraise of God. That there's, there's a certain point. Give me one second. Give me one second. Give me one. Give me, give me, you're going to two. You're going to one. Okay, so I got to speak really fast. Hallel. That if you think about it, if every single day you walked in with a card that said to your wife how much you love her, going on and on like it was the anniversary, it would cheapen it. It'd take away from it. So Rabbi Salvich, you asked an amazing question. If you think about it, what half of Tehillim and half of Sukkot Zimra and Hallel, they're pretty much the same thing. What's the difference? So he says. Maybe that's what's happening here. That when we daven, when we say hollow, we're saying it in a form of actual shira. It's a song. When we say psukhi to zimra, he goes, we don't even call it, we don't call it parakum of tehillim, pirke zimra, chapters of, chapters of, of song, psukhi zimra. We're very much specific and saying, it's, we're saying specific verses. Because we're trying to differentiate between hollow, which is parakum, I'm saying this parakum to tehillim, this chapter to tehillim, but rather I'm saying verses, and why? Because it's much more about the, the, the hamatorah aspect. So yes, you can both both of them can be used in the same thing. One can be saying, I'm this I'm using this right now to praise God. Lolano Hashem Lolano. That's a, a form of praise as a whole. What's happening in Psukh Zimra is we're saying it in Sukkim verse by verse to say we're actually saying doing Talmud Torah. We're engaged in learning. But we are learning the things that bring praise. And that's the distinction. It's like always a brilliant idea. And he has a whole essay develops in Shirim's Uzeh of Yumori's Rashirim after his father passed away. Every year he would give these lectures in Lamport Auditorium. Apparently they went on for about four hours. The first two hours were halacha, the second two hours were drush. And the halacha section was written up in the Shirim Zeh Mori, which they put out, and he develops this at length in one of the chapters there. Fine. But we're, again, the reason I brought this is, is that we're seeing that there is something again about Talmud Torah, and tefillah, where you're supposed to begin tefillah with Talmud Torah, and especially Talmud Torah of, of praise. Let's, let's, I want to do two more proofs, and then we'll, we'll bring it together. The Gemara Megillah says, this is also found in your source sheets, ain't parsnal shema, ain't overlooking teva, this is a mission actually, we don't do parsnal shema, which we're not going to get into what exactly it is, we don't go in front of the teva, we don't do what, we don't do chen, we don't do a public reading of the Torah, we don't read Navi, as we don't do half Torah. So the just now listed off a bunch of different things. Davening with a minion, 
Dabbing with a minute with one of them, duchening, laning, saying a lokenu in benching. What's the commonality between all of them? You need ten. You need ten. Dabbing shabedushi. You need ten. Rabbi Salvechik points out that when you go through the Gemara, what's the reason you need ten for Kriyas Torah? So you would think, because how do you begin Kriyas Torah? Baruch was Hashem and Baruch. You're saying Baruch, which is a double shibatusha. They say we need ten to say Baruch before Shema. You need Baruch. You need ten to say Baruch before you get an aliyah. Or Salvatic said it's not the reason we need ten for for Kriyas Torah. That's incidental. The reason you need ten is because Kriyas Torah in and of itself, the public re- reading of the Torah requires ten people. No different than a minion. The same way a minion, you need ten people in order to daven. You also need ten people to do a public reading of the Torah. Again, there's a connection between Talmud Torah and Kriyishma. In fact, so what's what's the actual reason? I mean, I, I so we'll get to. It's a it's a dabar which it's a dabar which we discussed on Shabbos. You need to have Kalal Yisrael present there. But the point is that it's not just to, for Tefillah to say Yisgadal Yisgadashmei Rabbo, but also for for the learning, the public learning of the Torah. There as well, you need to have ten. Yeah. So why are we required to stop learning when Tefillah comes? Interesting, because the other Gemara should learn all day, but. I, I, but I, I think. What do you say? I go with that one. What, what, you go with that one. No, but there's, I mean, then there's a new mark, like, the, it's only the people that are the um, 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 yeah. No, I'll have to think about that a little bit. I have to think about it a little bit. But I, it has to also be a throughout the Talmud Torah. Akim has a funny place where it's connected to all the mitzvahs, but also we know that we, we don't see the mitzvah plus the mitzvah when it comes to Talmud Torah. And I think we're, again, well, I want to explore a little more, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to think as we're talking. If I can, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. What we're seeing here is that, again, part and parcel of the Talmud Torah, especially in, in public, is one of Kriyas, is one, excuse me, of Tefillah. There's a Tefillah aspect to it. Uh, it brought down here, the, 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 the excerpt there, that comes from the, 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 the introduction, the, excuse me, the introduction to the volume from our Salvation Shirem on Tefillah and Krishma. Making that brings down that when Rabbi Salavechik was in Boston, they didn't always have a minion. See? They didn't always have a minion. However, Rabbi Salavechik had two grandfathers. One was Rabbi Chaim, and one was Rabbi Elia Prusiner. Rabbi Elia Prusiner believed that, like most people, Kriya Torah is an obligation on the Tzibor. That as a Tzibor, we have an obligation to recite Kriya Torah, which is to say that if you don't make it to minion, so the Tzibor still read it, and therefore you're fine. Rav Chaim did not believe that Rav Chaim was of the opinion that Kriya Torah is actually a chiv on the individual. Which means if the minion does not have Kriya Torah for whatever reason, you have to go and seek out Kriya Torah. So Rav Salvechik brings down, in the event that there was no minion, Rav Salvechik oh, brings down, in the event in Boston there was no minion, Rav Salvechik would go to another show, or he would gather ten people. Later in the day, they'd read the Kriya Torah, and then what do you do immediately after Kriya Torah? What do you say? Kaddish. What Kaddish would you say? Kaddish Durabanan. Kaddish Durabanan. What is Kaddish Durabanan? The rabbi's Kaddish. That's the Kaddish you say after you learn Torah. After you learn Torah. Again, highlighting the same idea that really. So, what are we starting out here? Exactly. I got a cost. Okay. <laughs> why not? Why not Kaddish? Uh, uh, Kaddish Ali. Like, would you say after Tzvi'lo? 
because the Scabell is about actual tefillah. So it's interesting. I, I was wondering that also. But the Scabell seems to be only after Shmonesra. Okay. So let's bring this, try to bring this all together. What we're left with is a lot of, a lot of parallels between tefillah. That's parallels. We're seeing the connection, excuse me, between tefillah and Talmud Torah. You need a minion for Talmud Torah in some context. We said that you need, you need to begin your, your tefillah with some sort of learning. What's going on here? What is it about Talmud Torah? What is it about tefillah that we see they're so interwoven and almost one and the same? So if you look at the Rambam, this is the last Rambam we're going to see together. We love the Rambam. The Rambam says as follows, this is in Tilpah Talmud Torah, Para Gimel, Halacha Yud Gimel. It's one of the more famous Rambams. Af al-pisha mitzvah lilma b'yomu even though there is a command to learn every single day and every single night, most of most wisdom is going to be learned at night. therefore, Misha wrote Torah, one who wants to acquire the crown of Torah. A person who wants to become a true Tamil Chacham. At first, he wants to have the Kesser Shal Torah, crown of Torah. Learn every single night. Don't even waste a single night with eating, with drinking, with talking, with whatever it may be. Rather, spend your nights, which is a, the time for real Chachma, when, again, there's no distraction. In our world, there is more distraction at night. But back then, all you had was your safer in front of you, your candle, and you were sequestered in your home. Spend the time, the Talmud Torah, the Divrei Chachma, learning Torah and other wisdoms. Omer Chachamim, as Chazal say, the rena. What does the word rena mean? Re, what? Beauty, joy. The actual idea of rena of Torah is at night. And look at the pasuk quote Shinemar, because it's from Eicha. Kumi roni balayla. Kumi roni balayla. And then we learn tonight. He says there's a, a strand of chesed which follows him throughout the day. And he goes on and on, going on exalting the loftiness of learning at night. Kumi roni balayla. It's passing in Eicha, which means, if you get up in the middle of the night, shivchi kamayim libech nochach b'nei Hashem. What's the end of the Pasuk? And you should pour out your heart before Hashem. Classically, this is understood. If I say, wake, arise in the middle of the night, shivchi libech, pour out your soul, pour out your heart. What do you think that means? It's, it's tefillah, no? Shivchi libech. Ein rina el tefillah. Normally, say ein rina. That the concept of rina means tefillah. Gemara Bracha tells it that. That's why there's some shul just say it's el sehatah. You know, the shmuel I'll call our tefillah el rina. Rina el tefillah. That's that's a pasuk of tefillah. Yet the Rambam takes this word rina and uses a different interpretation from Chazal. Say rina is tamatora. And you thought shivchi kamayim libech. Pour out your soul. Pour out your heart like water to God. That's tefillah. Nope. That's tamatora. What's going on here? This brings it all, that's the bring it all together. Oh, I see now. So, like, uh, okay. You see now, okay. Brings, yeah. it says, this is also found from Rabbi Salvechik in the Rishim of he says as follows. Oh, let's read it inside. You would think, it seems, the Iker Kim Avodish Belev, the idea we keep on talking about, Avodish Belev, service of the heart, that is done with Tfilah. The Talmud Torah Mahave Kim Avodish Belev, Mishun Dechalta, Talmud Torah Kim Tfilah. But through learning, you also fulfill the avodish belay because learning in and of itself, Talmud Torah has an element of tefillah to it. It's not that there are two things that are very similar. It's not that there are a lot of similarities. But actually, Talmud Torah itself has an aspect of tefillah in it as well. 
Trekosim Rav, and he quotes our Fosik. Amrcham in Rina shall Torah El Belilo, Shnemer Kumi Rana Belilo. Hosik with Torah Belilo, Kuchachas Nishalab, Yom Shnemer Yomo, it's Vashem Achas, the Belilo, Shira, Ami, Tvila Kelchai. These two psukim are in the war. The osik b'torah mahavi chalos kim shel tefilo. We see that through learning itself, you also fulfill some sort of idea of tefilo. Why? Because what's the pasuk we quoted? Kumi roni v'layla rosh shmuro shivchi k'mayim libech nochach p'nei Hashem. Again, shivchi k'mayim libech. Pour out your heart. Pour out your soul. That seems to be davening that he's quoting in the context of tefilo. And he says. The reason the Ram quotes it, the Mashu discovered the Rina Shatar Mahave Kim Tfilo, or because it's Rahma Tsar's Kali Yisrael. And what the Ram is telling us is through learning, that idea of learning, it's not just Shevach of praising God, but it's also the fact that he quotes the Pasuk of Shifri Kamaim Libes, it's also we're asking God to help us somehow through learning. We're also talking to God about the Tsaras we're going through. So he starts to point that, you look at the way you start looking at the different Sukkim, the various Sukkim the Ram is quoting. This psukim, we, we say, we mention it in Talmud Torah, a psukim is Imra, praising God. There's also psukim of Talmud Torah, where we say Talmud Torah is, in, 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 we're also engaging in a tefillah of shifri kamayim libech, pouring out our soul to God, which sounds much less like we're praising God, but we're actually requesting things of God. Somehow through the idea of Talmud Torah. So he says, if you remember, what did the Rambam say are the two or three fundamental part, ingredients to having tefillah to Arisa? You've got to praise God, you request things from God, and praise and thank God again. It says, it says Rabbi Salavich, we think about it, what are we doing in Tefillah? There are times where we're saying Tefillah, excuse me, Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah is one of Shevach Vahodah. We're, we're, we're learning Sukkim as we begin davening of Ashrei, saying how praiseworthy are, are the people, the nation who, who can sit in God's house, praiseworthy is God, I'll bless God every single day. Talmud Torah, which leads to a Simcha, Talmud Torah, which leads to a praise of God. And it's also Talmud Torah, Shivli Libesh, the pouring out our heart and soul to God. A Talmud Torah at night, a Talmud Torah where maybe a person is broken and it turns to the Torah in a, in a sense of brokenness. And as David Amel says, Lulei Sarascha Shashua, had it not been for the, the Torah not been my delight, as a vadati, I would have lost myself. Within Talmud Torah itself, there's this ability to rejuvenate oneself through turning to God and pouring out one's heart and soul to God. In fact, what do we say? What's the Iker part of Philo? How does one feel? How does one actually get? Uh, uh, tap into this idea of of a vodish belave. So, so the, the halacha is when you see you're supposed to feel a Hashem standing before God. You, feel like you're, you, sit, you, sit, you, you sit there and maybe for a moment before even you take three steps forward. Begin to pronounce. You say, "I'm about to st- step into an audience with God. I'm standing in front of God." Which is why, because you're standing in front of God, that dictates the way in which you're supposed to dress. The way you stand in front of a king. What do we say in Pirkei Avos when ten people sit together to come together to learn? The Shechina is with them. Even when one person comes to learn, says Hashem is there as well. That in learning, when we learn Torah, Hashem is present as well. And this is the connection between Talmud Torah and Tzvila. That Talmud, just as Tzvila, which we know, Tzvila is standing before God. Tzvila, we're standing and pouring our hearts out to God. God is in the room. Talmud Torah as well. When we engage in Talmud Torah, beyond just the intellectual pursuit, beyond just acquiring knowledge, but God is present as well. God is, the Gemara tells us, once the base of Mikdash was destroyed, and there was no temple anymore, where can you find God? Gemara tells us in Brachas, he's found within the Dalad Amusha Halacha, in the four cubits of Halacha. What does that mean? He's there when you learn Torah. You will have the ability to bring God wherever you are, not just through Davni, but also the very engagement of learning Torah. You're bringing God into the room. You're bringing God in front of you. The Shrina is found right there.
You don't need a minion to learn, although there is an element of learning, but you do have this, this no, minion. I'll just say that there's a major distinction there between davening and... But you don't need a, you don't need a minion to daven either. As we saw on Shabbos, it adds it. You can daven, you can daven as an individual. So, what is this... What, 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 so I want to, again, quick, quick review. And then, oh, any questions first? Okay, so what we said as follows. The Sifri clearly told us there's a connection between Tefillah and Talmud Torah. We want to know what is that connection. It seems to be two different mitzvahs. And what we saw as clearly, that from the fact that we see all these, these, these overlaps, of how you're supposed to daven, but also have Tefillah, excuse me, to have Talmud Torah leading into that. How the Rambam says that when you learn at night, he quotes the Pesukim of davening for learning. What's going on here? What's going on here? Why are we doing this? It says the Reitz it's because while we have Tefillah, and that's a way to through service of our hearts to talk to God, to bring God into our life. Talmud Torah does the same thing. So much so, there's even different aspects of Talmud Torah. There's the Talmud Torah of Shevach Vahodah. There's also the Talmud Torah of Shivkia, pouring out our heart to God. And I want to just bring one example to, to, to end, conclude with one example where Rabbi Ganag, who wrote this, who edited this volume of Rabbi Salvechik, he says, he brings this example of how Rabbi Salvechik himself epitomizes this idea of taking Talmud Torah and bringing it beyond the intellectual pursuit, beyond just acquiring knowledge, but making it an avodah belief, making Talmud Torah a way of davening, making Talmud Torah a way of bringing God into one's life. So listen to what he says. I'm going to bring you an example of how Talmud Torah is not just, again, an intellectual pursuit done in the base Medrash, but it's actually one of avodah, of service, and also shira. Which, by the way, what do we call Torah? Torah is called the Shira. We call Torah a song. Again, another connection. I was learning with Rabbi Salavechik, called the grid of Yosef Salavechik, when I experienced again this Shira of Torah. You saw he felt as if he was standing. When he was learning, he was standing in front of the king. Listen to the story he says. The Shechina itself was present as the Salvechi was engaged in learning Torah. I remember As we mentioned every year, the Salvechi on Gimel Shvat, coming up soon, he would give this Yartzet here. It was the day, it was the Yartzet of his father. The day his father, Moses Salavich, passed away. He goes, but this particular year, there was one year, it was, I believe, um, I think it was 67. 1967 was the year of Rabbi Salavich's Avelos. It was, I believe, in 65, he was diagnosed with cancer. He survived. Then in 67, his wife, his brother, and his mother passed away all in the same year. It was the, the year of a triple Avelos. I believe that was the year he was learning Balabasra with his, with his shear. And then the year, but once that happened, he goes, we're learning Avelos for the rest of the year. Now it's part of the way he got through the year. We're learning Hilkas Avelos. So, this was the year. He was a broken person. The year that he lost his mother, his brother, and then his wife. And it, was, it opened up this gate of great pain and great agony. While he again he had his bitterness in his heart, this great bitterness. Imagine the pain of, of, of that of carrying it with you. This how this 
In each moment of brokenness, the year went on. It was just one moment of brokenness, another moment of brokenness. So can you imagine? Here's the way Salvation is getting up to give his yard set here. Anyone here been to Lamport Auditorium in, in YU? Think auditorium. Packed full of people, people standing room only practically. People would literally come from all over to sit there. It was known throughout. And here's this Rabbi Salvation who's literally broken getting up to give his shear. And he shuffles up there. It was the second he opened up his mouth. Takafumiyad immediately. I saw the shira of Torah, the song of Torah, animated him and filled him up with a sense of salvation and hope. In the light of the shina of God's presence enlightened him. And brought and, and for for those moments while I was giving Torah, pushed away all that pain and agony and sorrow that he was feeling from that year. And the words of Torah gave him a sense of simcha and it enlightened him and made him happy again. Just as when the Torah was given at Sinai, and he felt alive again. And he felt exactly what David Amel said. Had it not been, had the Torah not been my delight, I would have lost myself in my sorrow. Think about it. It's a pasuk that resonated throughout history. Some of the most productive moments, literary moments, and Jewish moments in our history have been under the greatest persecution. Where people have said, we may have lost everything on the outside, but I can turn inwards. And the Torah will become my delight. The Torah will be what's going to prevent me from losing myself in my sorrow. And this is, what the, this is the moment. Says, says the Reganak, and I heard Ray Salvage say as follows. And when the Ray Salvage was learning the Sukya, when you sit in there engaging in Talmud Torah, are you margish? He said, the Ray Salvage looked up and said, You know how I feel? I feel to Ilu, Mandu, Omen, Ba'achros. I feel as if He, the great He, the capital H, he, as in God is standing right behind me. And He's whispering into my ear. Says Ray Salvage, I'm sitting there and learning. And all this pain I feel is as God is right behind me. And he's whispering into my ear, and I'll read it in Yiddish, he's not going to speak Yiddish. Rav Yosher Ber, this is what they call it, Rav Yosher Ber, Vozuk, Vogen Dokushi. Rav Yosher Ber, Rav Salavetzin. What do you think about the question? What do you think about the answer? What do you think about the studio? What are you going to add to this discussion? He said, I felt that God was sitting there saying, saying Rav Yosher Ber, you're there. What do you have for me? How do you feel about this? What do you feel about this? This is, for me, a living image seared into my mind of what it means when you take the Kedusha, the holiness of Torah, you turn it into a song. You turn it into a, a, more than just an intellectual pursuit. You turn it into a tzvilah. What do you do through that? And this is where it brings it together. What tzvilah tzvilah is where we connect to God? When you take Torah, you turn it into a song. We take Torah, despite everything you're going through, the pain, the agony, of losing everything, and you start learning, and you feel that God is present there, you connect yourself, you use the word dovik, you connect yourself to your creator. Not just through tefillah, we connect ourselves to the creator just talking to God, but through Talmud Torah itself, we can connect ourselves to the creator. Ke'amo, just like Avodah tefillah v'amikdash, the same way tefillah does it, and Avodah the mikdash does it, so too here. It's as if, so to speak, God himself is speaking to you. You're engaged not just in learning a sugi in front of you, open the Gemara, but you're engaged in a discussion with God. Talking to God, saying, God, you gave us this amazing Torah. You gave us this, this Gemara. Krish, mashalarvis. When do we say it, God? God, I have a problem. 
How does it jive with our practice? God, I have a problem. Is it is the first bracha when you commanded us to learn Torah? Is it just to, to say Krishna? Is it just the first part of Krishna? The second part? The third part? How does it fit with other Gemaras? Take God's Torah and you learn it. And you're having a conversation, a dialogue with God himself. It's as if there's a beautiful harp playing, uh, playing next to him. Through learning, the, 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 through learning and engaging in deep learning of Torah. And coming to enlighten in the questions and the, and, and, and the problems in the Torah. I think this really brings it together. So what is the connection between Tzvilah and Avodah? Tzvilah and Talmud Torah? How are they both devoted to believe in Sister Rosalvitchik? Because they're coming to accomplish the same exact thing. Both Tvila, talking to God through actual talking to God, having our conversation with God. And Talmud Torah, engaging in God's word, the word of God, the diary of God, are coming to bring us to a place of devakus with Hashem, of connecting to Hashem in the ultimate way. That can be done through Tvila, that can become done through Talmud Torah. And really, it can be done to combining the both of them, of beginning even each tefillah with a bit of Talmud Torah. I wish you all a wonderful week. Don't run up. Don't run up.